HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for stopping by the Speaker's Corner. Um, we're really excited to kick off our first panel, um, as well as thank our sponsor, Montreal Tourism Board. Um, our first panel is, what's a pet gnat and why should I drink it? And uh, our moderator is Sam Ben Ruby, host of Grape Nation on Heritage Radio Network, and I'll turn it over. Welcome again, everyone, to the uh, first speaker's corner. And I'm very impressed that everyone is here on time because you had to set your clock. And I almost missed this by an hour, so it's a good thing. Um, our talk today is what's a pet nat and why should I drink it? And that's really how we're going to approach it. We want to tell you a little about what a pet nat is. Um, it definitely has its own thing. And why should I drink it? I think we have a very qualified panel to tell you that. Um, I'm going to introduce our global panel. And this panel spans from the Finger Lakes to the country of Georgia um, to Spain. So instead of me doing intros on everybody, I'm just going to go down the table. And I want each of you just to spend a minute or so to tell everyone who you are and just a little about the winery, OK? Hello, nice, nice to meet you here. Thank you for coming. I'm from Georgia, Republic of Georgia. It was former of Soviet U Union. Now we are independent country, just 20 years. And uh, before all the once, one century, we were a closed country with the big, big gate around us. And because of that, our varieties of the grapes and our wines are not so well known. But slowly, slowly, we are coming back. So where is the winery? Uh, winery is the, in a down Kartli. This is the region close to the capital of Georgia. Tbilisi. Tbilisi, yeah. Uh, the vineyard is uh, in a national park of the Algeti, uh, which is based in a, elevation is the, around 550 meters from the sea level. And the, uh, Georgia is the mountain country, and the winery is the, uh, it's located close to vineyard, around 10 kilometers from the rural road, uh, and the elevation is 1,300 meters. The idea was, my idea was to make this uh, winery not in vineyard, but uh, in my house in the uh, mountains for the big temperature difference. It's around 8, 10 degrees, you know, in the summer. And it's quite good when you, are, uh, when you are producing and when you are making the natural wines, uh, the uh, thing what we can only do with our wines is to control the fermentation temperature, control the mallow, and control the aging with temperatures. And in the mountains, in my cellar, I don't need any uh, chiller or cooling systems or such things because the temperature in the winter is quite low, and in the summer is quite cool also. So you use the natural Yeah, wine. yeah. Uh, I'm producing wine in the uh, Quebris. It's the buried clay amphora. All right, we'll get into that in a minute. Let me introduce everybody. Okay. Because you're one of the few people. Okay. All right, Manel. Good morning, guys. Uh, my name is Manel Avino. I am a producer, grower and producer the south uh, from Barcelona, 30 kilometers to the south of Barcelona. 
uh, working with local grapes. My family always was working till the 14th century. And we had a, we had a little stop making bubbles to my grandfather. My father never did, and I did again in 1981. Uh, well, now we will taste our, our sparkling, natural sparkling wines, Pennats, uh, well-edged. This is the, our deal today. Thank you. Okay. And finally, uh, Kim and Deborah. Okay, Deborah Birmingham. Kim and I um, planted and began Bloomer Creek Vineyard in the Finger Lakes region of upstate New York, I'm afraid to admit, pushing 35, 40 years ago. We planted in two different sites in the Finger Lakes. We have 12 acres on the west side of, no, east side of Seneca Lake and 10 acres on the west side of Cayuga Lake. And that is fun for us since we are the growers and the winemakers. We get to um, really truly show the effects of terroir and the site. And we have been making natural wine essentially forever, but 100% um, officially since 2006. And um, I came to winemaking via my art career and meeting up with this guy. <laughs> and he basically said, come here. I want to grow grapes and make wine when he was a young lad. And here we are. A trickster. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. All right, so let's get right into it. I think we should tell everyone what a pet nat is. So Manel, if I ask you, what is a pet nat? What is a pet nat? For me, the pet nat is a magic uh, drink. And then uh, when I was very young, I began to study uh, how the, to make the bubbles. And the pet nut for me, is the pureness, the essence. You are bottling a part of your land, is a, a photo of your landscape. And it's very nice because you can work without sulfates. And all of the pennants in the world are different because they can mark very well the kind of the lands they are made. Deborah, Kim? I don't, there's no better answer than that. <laughs> okay. We're, we're, you, you agree? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's We can't top that. Thank All right, you. now you mentioned a word, and it's a very important thing that relates to pet nats, and it's part of the name, Petalat Naturel. What makes a pet nat natural versus a sparkling wine, a cava, prosecco, champagne? Why is Petalat Naturel natural? The pet nut, uh, I think the, all the wines, uh, if somebody is making the wine in the natural basis and we don't use any additives in the wine and the, any fining methodics, you know, they, the wine will be natural. But plus it's very important is the vineyard. All the pet nuts or the wines are beginning in the vineyard. If you have a very healthy, nice place uh, where you can show to the people your terroir and your roots and uh, your heart of the family. One of these is the pet nut. It gives you a possibility because uh, plus it's, you know, it's, it's, it's bubbles and it's something new for me. Because in Georgia there was no tradition of the producing of pet nut, but our um, great-grandfathers, uh, they tried to do it, but in a more, more rural, uh, the Petion it's the same, yeah, it's the Petion Natural means that it's the sparkling wine made in the family, made in the home, in the house. It's not a, it's not a product which is made in a industrial ways and when you are champagne, for example, you need it's more difficult. Pet nut is easy. You are uh, regulating the residual sugar and then you close the bottle and these crazy, uh, very healthy yeasts are doing their job inside of the bottle. That's all, you know, and it's, it's all, of course it's natural because this uh, grade of the cell gas, it gives you this possibility to don't use any sulfur later after the gordash. And you have all aromas of your vineyard grapes and the variety of the grapes in the bottle. It's, it's secured, it's closed. And then after one year, I, 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 I'm leaving the, uh, my pet nut a minimum one year on the lease. Uh, it gives its more round test, it gives more aromatic test, and after one year, when you are making the degordage, you are getting the really, really very natural wine with all this freshness and the, all the, there is no oxygenation, you know, and the no oxygenation gives you very, very high aromatic levels and the freshness. So, Manel, 
um, there's natural organic biodynamic the practices take place in the field and in the cellar mm -hmm. so how do you manage all of that well the manage is easy if you don't have a, a big estate we only have 20 hectares you are four people working there people who are connected with our lands because you need to be very very obs observator to to understand when the 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 disease wants to to uh, uh, come to the vineyard, and only that to be uh, observing all all the, all the times uh, your vineyard, uh, try to understand what the vineyard is telling you, and always um, only tell one thing from an, another question is the the pet nut is the, the 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 bubbles who can do the nice grower because. You need to be very, very curious uh, with your with your lands. Don't uh, spray copper. Don't spray sulfates who are killing your yeast. The yeast who will ferment your bottles uh, after. Does your climate? Do you have a challenging climate, or it's easy to grow? Grapes? Well, with I mean, a, is there moisture, mold, or? We we are lucky because we have an old vines from a. Uh, um, Seven, seven, uh, 1700, 1800, 100 years old, and they are well adapted to our lands, and they, they resist more, very well the, 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 the climate change, and um, the place is a nice place without the humidity because we have the wind who comes to the sea, and we right. only have with, with only with the oidium, but not the mildium. So Kim and uh, Deborah, your climate, probably of the three is the most challenging. Yes, you should. Explain why and what you have to do and the challenges to remain natural. Uh, our climate is challenging in a number of ways. Uh, it's almost too cold for the European grape varieties that these gentlemen are growing and now we are growing. Uh, in winter, it's often too cold and we get damage from cold. Uh, but the biggest challenge is becoming too much moisture in summer. Uh, the summers are becoming increasingly humid, and that creates real disease problems for the grapes that we grow. How do you address that? <laughs> Pray. You pray. Okay. All right. Um, so let's talk about how a pet mat is made. Pet mat is made. Um, I'm positive there's a similar process, but each of you do it in a different way. We'll come to Becca last because he makes his in Cavari's, which he'll explain. Um, but before we get into that, we're pouring everyone's pet nats. And if I can get up to speed, what are we pouring right now? Do we know? Number two? Okay. Um, and number one was what? Do we remember? The Chinori. Will you just quickly tell us what the number one pet nat was? Chinori. Uh, Chinori is the grape? Uh, it's a grape, but we IT. We are also very uh, <coughs> lucky, we Georgians, because we have around 220 varieties of the grapes for winemaking in our country. They are not well known because of the, I told you, our history. But now the Chinuri was the grape where our great-grandfather, my great-grandfather, was using it to make a not the pet nut, but very low pressure bubbles in the, in, in the tanks because there was very small residual sugar. Chinuri gives you this possibility to leave very small quantity of the residual sugar when you will finish the fermentation and when the, they, they open the quiveries uh, in a Easter time, for example, late spring. Yeah, they, are, they get the same, very, very small, but the bubbles inside. Oh, and this, uh, this region was very famous of it. We don't, I told you that there was no tradition of this making of the pet nuts here in Georgia, but now it's growing up, you know, because of the really, it's, it's funny plus, you know, and it's, 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 I think it's, 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 it's very old technology, but it's modern. It's modern for me. My profession is the architect. I'm not a winemaker from the education, and uh, uh, my philosophy of my life is to make something new in my life. And this is now my new church, how I tell it, my new <laughs> building, you know, of the making of this. All right, so let's talk about how it's made. Yeah, so it's, it's not let me great. ask Manel, yeah. all right, because everyone makes I want to come to you last, because yeah, you okay. make it different than everyone. Uh, 
Manel, how is Pitnet made? I mean, people look at it as a sparkling wine. How does it vary from champagne? You know, well, basically, what's well, in, the process? In, in my area, was not uh, historically was not the, the Pitnet was the method de champenoise, the cava in the 19th century was the beginnings, like uh, Pipi Raventos and and the, the, his family. But uh, the Pitnet gives to the young people who want to begin to do sparkling wines is easy. Uh, to, to begin with uh, uh, only with a few things it's a simple only take care the, the, the main is the vineyard always but you don't need uh, a very big uh, inversion uh, invest to, to do the pet net uh, this is the best this is one of the reasons the young people the people who wants to, to, to work in green be respectful with, uh, with the lands uh, is working with pet net so champagne is basically made with three grapes Petnet, you could use any grape from it, right? You can imagine. And all of you use different grapes and all that. So what about the process? I mean, the wine is in the bottle. Uh, the, the process is, uh, for, for, for us, it's very easy. We, we recuperate the damijan. I don't know if you know what is the damijan. Damijan is, a, is, a, is a, a glass uh, bottle with 55 liters, each one. It was very typical in our families when the people pick the wine in the wineries and uh, the, the iron steel tanks, because we want to respect a lot the fruit who, who obtain of the grapes and try to, to fill the bottles with this fruit fermenting. When we have uh, 26 grams per liter at the last of the fermentation, we use the crown cap and we age. And it's fermented once. Champagne, it, uh, it's fermented once. in the bottle. In the bottle, once. once. once yes. with, with a crown cap, yeah. with a crown cap. beer cap. Yes. Now, Deborah and uh, Kim, similar. Well, I would like, actually, just to clarify from um, being a painter, okay. career, that making a petit natural is, I can do it. <laughs> you take a bottle of wine that is still fermenting, and when it is roughly at 1.5% residual sugar, that it will end up being dry, you put a crown cap on, a beer cap, and what happens is the yeast is still actively eating the grape sugar in the wine. It's not added sugar. It's actually just the flavor of the sweet grape juice. And as the yeast continues to um, eat the grape sugar, the byproduct of that fermentation is CO2. And because you have the crown cap on the bottle, the CO2 can't escape, and that's what puts, naturally, the effervescence in the wine. So just in case you're feeling that it's a little daunting, it is not. Even so a visual artist can make pet Quickly, the difference between a pet nat and a champagne. Okay. You've brought us I'm to the end of the process. Okay. Kim will uh, tell you that. Method champenois, uh, your starting point would be finished wine. There's some traditional blending across vintages in champagne. Uh, so when you have the finished wine that you want to make champagne from, you then start a culture with very strong cultured yeast, a measured amount of sugar, and quite often yeast nutrients, and add that back to the tank, and that will begin the fermentation in the tank of finished wine. You put that in a bottle and let that finish, but it's a more controlled process than the process that we use. Um, Yes or no question. Harder to make pet nat or champagne? Is it as easy as yes or no? Is it easier with what? Har is it harder to make champagne than a pet nat? I don't know. I don't make a champagne. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Same thing. Well, you make a lot of sparkling wines. Yes. So. Uh, What's harder? Well, uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's more, more uh, arriesgado. I don't know in English. The, the, involved. Yeah. In both to, to be a pet nut because okay. uh, you have more things you can control, like mm -hmm. you, you, yeah. you right. tell. Do you agree, Deborah? Well, yes, but I, I would like to say that comparing them in terms of one is more or less difficult is like comparing apples and oranges right. because I don't see them as being the same. They're not, but people see sparkling wine right, out there, and I, they just want I a think that perspective. Because of how you make them, it's like preparing chicken in a thousand different ways. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. but but the, the moment you have the wine to to be a second fermentation, 
you can control all the volatile acidity, the, all, all the things you want to control, and if you don't that's want, you, you don't bottle. But the pen that when you, at the moment you bottle, yeah, it's, it's, it's bottle. That's it's what done. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You need the syrup or something, you need the sugar. You must add the sugar. Yeah. Yeah. When you are adding the yeast, you yeah. need to eat something. Yeah. Now, Becca, you're, we're talking about making a pet nat. You're the only maker who makes their pet nats in a cavari? Yes. Is that how? Explain what a cavari is. Cavari is the clay amphora, which is buried under the ground. This is a traditionally, uh, uh, UNESCO gave it now the name of the cavari for the, that this traditionally comes from the, really from the Georgia only. Maybe in the European countries, in the, the Greece, Italy, Spain, Portuguese, they use the uh, amphoras, which are up of the soil, up of the ground. We dig it inside of the ground because of the uh, temperature control. Quevery, uh, which is digged in the ground, gives you possibility to control temperature very easily. Only it's not very good for the fermentation process, if you are fermenting wines with skins and with stamps and so on, sometimes temperature can grow up, you know, and you must mix it very uh, quickly, you know, three, four, five times. But the, what is the goal of the pet nut? Uh, that the, this must be very cool fermentation. Even if it's the red grapes, cool fermentation, key because it's no skin contact in my situation, all the juice, the grape juice, it's red or it's white, I'm not using the maceration. Uh, we are making very gently pressing. We are, it's, it, it's free run. If you understand what is the free run, it's we crush the grapes, you put in a big gasket, and all these juice is coming out. And then we put it in the quavery, and for us, for the making of pet nut, quavery is the barrel. You can make it in a stainless steel, you can make it even in a oak barrel, you know. Uh, what you can characteristics? Make it do clay cavaries I don't know uh, offer to the wine? I mean, you know, oak has an impact on wine. Yeah, it's the legend. Of course, it's the legend. It's the 8,000 years. It's the clay. It's the natural. For, for your, your is it story. Is it somewhat neutral, the effect that cavari has on the wine? No, no, no. It's, 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 it's the natural because it's waxed. Okay. by beeswax, okay. and there is no oxygenation, there is nothing, only what you must do, you must, uh, what, how I'm making. When we press the grapes, after one day, uh, all these uh, very heavy leaves goes down. The quavery form is, uh, uh, in the bottom is very thin, and then it's easy to take the clean juice from these uh, heavy leaves, because these heavy leaves is Explain the what leaves are. Tell everyone what a lease is. Lease is a, uh, when you are harvesting the grapes, maybe in the boxes you will get some wood, some leaves, some uh, soil, you know. It's, 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 uh, it's not as sterile working, yeah? You are working yeah, normally. Right. And in one day, all these heavy leaves goes down. We will wreck then this clean juice. It's not, uh, it, it doesn't begin fermentation in one day. And then most of the goal is the cool fermentation for me. It must be not more than 70 degrees. This is giving to the wine then the elegant aromas and the wine keeps all these uh, grape variety aromas and all those things. The, uh, the chemics of the pet nut is that every four gram of the sugar gives you one atmosphere of the pressure. It's the chemistry. And uh, if you have how uh, you tell us that uh, Usually, you must have a residual sugar, 2.6% uh, or 26 gram per liter, or somebody is making with 15 gram per liter. It depends how much bubbles you need. But plus, it's very dangerous because if you will bottle uh, your juice and when the sugar will be around 40, then you are getting, you can imagine how big pressure, and then you have in your winery a lot of bumps, you know. <laughs> Explosion. It's very dangerous. Yes. Because of that, it's one of the very uh, important thing, after vineyard and cool fermentation and all the things, to measure residual sugar. So don't bottle it before you need or after. Don't late and don't do it earlier. That's all. Right. Um, Manel. There have been questions with 
pet mats about consistency of product, um, filtering, cloudiness, there's a funk to it. Um, I think that's part of what pet mat is, but you know, if people say to you, oh, pet mats, they're cloudy or they're inconsistent, I mean, how do you respond to that? Well, because uh, that's the critics, that's what they're saying. Yes. About that. In, in all of our pet nets, we degorge and we, we do the riddling process like a Metro de Champenois because we think it's better the wine will be a little bit more clear than totally cloudy because in this totally cloudy, sometimes it could be too much proteins, too much amino acids, monoproteins, who sometimes maybe the people like drink or not. And we decide uh, that the first time to, to riddle and to degorge, and sometimes we leave only a little bit of the list, only to, to be uh, growing again, no, but, but not uh, totally. So you address filtering, clouding we, the we product by riddling? We all, you the, our want... filtering is the riddling only. Right. You okay. cannot filter it. It's impossible. Right. It's and you lose it. your bubbles. Right. What about, what do you guys do? Well, I would just say the issues that you mentioned are issues with natural wine production in general. Right. And, and I think you have to hope that the audience is uh, somewhat tolerant of lack of, of lack of consistency because the other side of that is <clears throat> too much manipulation, which gives you boring commercial wines. So. Right. Um, Kim and I, you talked, we talked earlier, and you make all kinds of wine up in the Finger Lakes, and you started making pet nets, and you had said to me that making pet nets was a fun diversion from making wine. I mean, I explain what, that's, what that means to you. Our audience, anyway, comes to wine, probably everybody comes to wine with a set of expectations, whether you're aware of it or not. Uh, so if we pour Chardonnay in our tasting room, we will have people who say, pick it up and they, they taste it and they say, wow, that's, that's not oaky. And half the people mean that as a compliment and half mean it as a criticism. Uh, but they all have an idea in their head about what it is they're going to taste because they're familiar or believe they're familiar with the subject. And now with Pet Nats for people, that never happens. People are coming to them with a fresh idea about what wine can be. They, no one that I've ever witnessed tasted the pet nat and said it is or isn't anything. Uh, people seem to have uh, an ability to approach them uh, with a fresh mind. And that's what makes it exciting for me, uh, at least while they're new in the marketplace. Uh, perhaps that will change someday. But, uh, that, that's what makes them both fun to make and I think fun to drink. Right. So. Do, do pet nets age? Do they age well? Should you age them? Should you buy them a few years old? Should you hold them? Yeah, why not? Is there, I don't know, do I you don't drink them in a certain window? I, my uh, winery is always empty, you know, before. <laughs> <laughs> because really, yeah, in the summer, in the summer, it's, it's, it's I don't know, it's best when it's hot and when you have a fruits and you have a vegetable kitchen or piece of cooking, you know, it's, it's, it's excellent. But my opinion is very important to make a degordage, not in the spring, where this pet nut is ready and uh, uh, always there is a lease, uh, there is a lease and in, uh, what I'm doing, I'm uh, my pet nut bottles I leave my pet nut bottles in a wooden boxes uh, for one year horizontally. It means that all the leaves is uh, in down on the bottom of the bottle, and I think there is going the maturation because after one year, when I'm making the degordage, this wine is more aromatic, more round, and the leaves and yeasts have a time to do their job. When you are doing it in a springtime, very early, yeah, after the harvest. Then it's more, uh, it's good, but it's more uh, acidity and uh, more poor test, I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. You know? So do you make all your pet nets in the cooler? In the cooler, what do you mean? In cooler weather? You don't do it in the spring? 
No, no, no. What I'm telling you, I'm aging. Oh, I'm aging. I'm sorry. One year, and after one year, we are making degordage in the spring. I get, I, or my, you must put them I'm these sorry. bottles in the special special shelves. Right. French shells, the Pitus, I think the name, and then these shells give you possibility to take the lease to the top. And then it's another very professional uh, thing you must do is uh, taking from the lease, which you must know how to do it. I'm doing it uh, around four years, but always I'm totally dirty, and uh, I'm on the lease, on my face, and my coats, and everything, because it's not so easy. Of course, all, when you are doing the doing of degordage of thousand bottles, then you are tired, and always there is some lees in the bottles which right. lived, you know. And uh, for natural winemakers and for our market, it's common. Uh, cloudy wines, uh, it's not a problem for us. No. Who likes the cloudy wines? They can drink the factory champagne. You know, right. uh, don't like it. You know. Manel, do pet nets age? Do you? Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, we will taste today a 2012. Uh, Vintage. Okay. It's a well, well, well uh, aged. So that's I think over six six years of bottle age. Yes. Five six years. I, I think okay. the, the aging it's it's nice from the pendant. What does the aging do to the wine? Sorry. The what when you age? Yes. When you leave it in the bottle for five six years, what effect does it have? To the wine, it's yeah. it's, it's more polluted, it's more fine, more large. Uh, they keep all the the fruits, but they begin. To be the, the, the working the, the, the second uh, aromas like the the uh, aging aromas the bouquet it's 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 growing right um, Kim Deborah aging yeah we're Pat all aging yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't see any reason why they would be different from other wines I mean maybe the closure is the limit I'm not really sure I don't know how long a crown cap lasts. Right, uh, but I would also like to clarify. As Finn said, uh, yeast in the bottle is a preservative, so wine left on the lees lasts longer. I think if you left more yeast in the bottle, the wine will last longer, but it will also begin to taste more yeasty. Uh, so that's all a matter of personal choice and what you expect to happen with the wine, how soon you expect it to be consumed. We don't always disgorge our pet naps. Uh, we find that people think it's exciting to have cloudy Explain wine. what disgorging a pet net is. Uh, it's, as Becca was saying, it's you, you let the yeast settle in the neck on the crown cap and hold it upside down and pop the crown cap off. And the, then you have to refill it, t top it off, and put the cr another crown cap back on. But you blow most of the yeast out in that process. Without the wine. Right. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, you, why don't you do one? If it's the bottle. Are you going to give a demonstration? If it's the bottle, for example, yeah. yeah, and we have our top here, and all the yeast is there, there's a special tool to open the chrome cap. But you have a bubbles of the air here, yeah, in a top, and you must put it in your leg, you must take it up, this is a tool is on the chrome cap, and when the air is coming up here, you must open it. So <laughs> And the east will come out, the least will come out, and plus you must push, you know, the finger. <laughs> and when I'm making all this decordage, what happens with my finger? You see here? <laughs> ah. I'm joking. Okay. No, but but that, it's very difficult, you know, thousand times open, poof, open, poof. You, you just know. put your thumb down, so it all, all the gaps. When you push Becca, it, all this east is coming to you. Becca, when I do it, no wine comes out. <laughs> Um, all right, so you can age pet nets. You could buy pet nets with bottle age. It's, it's okay to buy a bottle and lay it down for a few years. Um, what's the best way to serve a pet net? Let's talk about temperature. I know it could often. vary. Often. Often. Is there any glassware? Does it matter? Let's talk temperature first. What temperature would you serve a pet net? Yeah, no, it depends. It depends who is drinking. It's the wine. I, I think that, of course, the, there's the idea that it must be always very cold, chilled, and not so. If it's summer and uh, 40 degrees outside, of course, it must be chilled. Okay. But if it's the winter time and it's cold outside, then you are in the front of the fireplace. 
why not to drink when it will be 15 degrees or 12? It's okay. okay. It depends on the... There's yeah. no rules, I don't know. Manel, is, there's no rules, but... Uh, only chilled in summertime and like now, like 15 Celsius degrees, it's okay. So it could be a little warmer now. In the summer, you want yes, it cold. Yes. Deborah, Kim? I vote cold. You vote cold? Mm -hmm. Even in the winter in front of a fireplace? Yes. Cold. Yes. What about glassware? Does it matter? You know, there's a whole obsession with Wait, glassware. Kim disagrees with you. Oh. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I agree with everything she says. <laughs> Does glassware matter? No. Not to me. We're not we're not we're not fancy people with pet mats, right? Of course no. we are. Okay. <laughs> All right, so it, staying in that vein, do they age well? What temperature? Let's talk about pet nets being a food-friendly wine. Um, one, are pet nets food-friendly? And let's talk about food pairings. Everyone says champagne and oysters. What to you are classic pet net and food pairings? What's complementary? Does anything come to mind? Of course, for us, we, we have also the heavy wines in Georgia which are macerated on the skins and stems for eight months and they are heavy and uh, high alcohol. Nobody wants to drink in our country pet nut in the winter. Yeah, it's maybe in the Christmas time. In the right. summer, vegetables, fruits, you know, not, not heavy food. Okay. Not, not fat cheese. Not fat, fatty cheeses or no. it's okay? Yeah. Okay. Manel? What well, do you see as? Well, in my area, uh, we stay in the Cabal region, it's easy to open uh, bubbles uh, daily. And if you come to the winery, you we will have uh, cheese and charcuterie because it's easy to have, but we eat paella with a lot of things in Spain, tapas, chorizo, always with uh, bubbles. We like a lot in our area. So it's, it's pretty versatile. But charcuterie and cheese comes up often, yeah. you know, I see. Deborah, Kim? What do you see as well, great actually, food pairings? Um, goes shamelessly well with everything. Um, in part because you can make your blends out of whatever wines you choose. We have, um, we do lots of little sort of bottlings. This one is 100% Gewurztraminer. We also have one that is a blend of Gruner Veltliner, Gewurztraminer, and Chardonnay. So it's a really dense, heavy wine and the bubbles give it a lift and a brightness. So having it with any kind of food, it's a joy because the earthy richness that is sort of inherent in the grape blends, um, you know, it, it gives you a lot of density to go with all kinds of foods. And I would just like to say, we did do um, a winemaker's dinner at a restaurant in Washington, D.C., where they did an amazing pairing with our extended skin contact Gewurztraminer with turnip, um, ravioli with brown butter and um, cashews. That was Perfect. a show-stopping. Perfect, right? So I, just, I would like to add, a, Pizza. And it's kind of been said, but if you're in a restaurant and everybody's going to get something different, there's nothing better than to have a pet net. It's like our appetizer uh, because it works well with so many foods and also, again, you're getting away from people's expectations. Uh, about what goes with <coughs> So right now we're up to the Bloomer Creek Pet Nat, right? Okay. Um, that's what you're drinking. And before that, we tasted um, uh, Becca's wines, the Chinori. Did we pour all three, the Takaveri and the Saparavi? Yeah. We did. Okay. So those were one, two, and three. This is four. And uh, before you leave, you will try Manel's Clolenticus the Gentleman, the Sumel Extreme, which we'll talk about. Um, we're gonna take a few questions in a couple of minutes, but a couple more questions. It's hard not to get around this question that pet mat is a thing or a fad or it's now. Um, I have a feeling that you guys would resent the question to some extent, but is it here to stay? You know, why is it a thing right now? Um, what, what do you think about what's going on? Kim and Deborah? You want to let her rip? You want me to? You let her rip. Uh, I think it's part of the natural wine movement. 
uh, and I don't think it will go away. So I, th I think there are uh, broad audience appeal in a way that many still wines do not have. Uh, they, I think they can be made very affordably and I think it will remain on the market. Manel? I think it's a part of the food revolution because the young people can do for himself his first wines trying to, to make a pet nut. For to do a sparkling wine, it's, it's more complicated. But don't forget it, but the pet nut is very old, like the, like the champagne. Begins in Claydet Didi, Blanquet de Limoux in France, this was the first bottle, first well, sparkling wine. Before, before, before champagne. Right. But it's so with more risk. Method, ancestral, ancestral. You know, it it's precedes ancestral champagne method. and all of Right, it's the yeah. ancestral method. And it, this method is, it uh, has more risk than the method champagne. This is one of the, the things that the big industry forget it, the, the ancestral method. Right. Becca, you have any feelings? I mean, Petnat is, is a, definitely a thing right now. It's the young, or young generation, you know. They like bubbles, they like sweetness, they like aromas, they like the nice bottle, you know. I think it's, uh, it has a very quite good future. Here to stay. That's a good thing to hear. Um, I think everyone should, if you have a good local wine store, you're in and out of a restaurant and they're not carrying Petnats, you should ask them. You know, to bring in a few, you know, if you push, enough people push, um, the restaurants will carry them. There are certain restaurants all over New York, all over the world, that are huge fans and carry, you know, a whole bunch of them, um, but not everywhere. So I think with makers like this that are so dedicated, um, there's great product out there, and I think we need to get more in the stores and the restaurants. All right, do, uh, do you guys have any questions? Um, we definitely will field questions to each and everybody. Um, uh, how do you select uh, grapes that go into your pet? Are you growing it specifically yeah. or are you kind of seeing it as grapes that are not here? Did you hear? Yeah. The acidity is very important. Maybe you must harvest it more early than usually you are harvesting for the winemaking. Or when, in my experience, when the soils are natural, my uh, vineyard is uh, biodynamic. And anyhow, if you have a high sugar of the grapes, the acidity is quite well, quite high. It's very important to have a high acidity, I think. Anyone else want to grab? Good acidity and, and uh, the, the sugar is not tr tr um, so much with a regular level of sugar. Okay. Deborah, Kim, anything to that? Okay. Uh, other oh, questions? Go ahead, Tamna. I was distracted you, by the wine. Okay. You, uh, Determine what grapes to use. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. It's, I'll just say for us, it's wide open. Uh, we use all different grape varieties. We're still working it out. Uh, there's a lot of things. Uh, Excessive ripeness is not a problem in the Finger Lakes. Acidity is not a problem. Uh, but in making a pet nat, one can balance a certain overripeness with bubbles. Uh, it gives lift to sort of dull wines. Uh, there's, I'll just say it's wide open for, for us. We don't grow grapes specifically to make pet nat. Although we will sometimes let grapes hang in the fall uh, very late and pick them at very high sugar content and that gives us material for sweetening other wines to add sugar back to other wines and so we're making blends that are, at times are very complex blends uh, so we're making very complex blends from late harvested grapes that were picked specifically to make that nat. Manel, how many different grape varieties are you using to make Nets. Um, well, we are working with uh, six different varieties. Six different varieties. Malvasia, Aparellada, Muscat d'Alexandria, Sumoy, Charello. We are working with, with, local, with our local grapes. And Becca, there are so many varieties where you no, are. I have a 14 varieties in my vineyard. But what about making the pet nets? I'm using now only four, but I think four? there is no rules. Can that change? You can do anything what you want. 
Do you, do you ever get intrigued to try uh, another grape or possibly grow it for a no, pet now? No, no, no. We will see. We'll see. Okay. My, my children will plant the new vineyard. It's okay. enough for me. You're done. Okay. <laughs> Any other questions? In my case, we feel a little bit more, and the, 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 the liquid we are losing finally is the, the, the right uh, size in the bottle. Now, Becca, you... We have some varieties, for example, Saperavi, it has a lot of lace. When you are a lot of what? Lace. When you are, lace. we are making degradation of the Saperavi, I lose around 35%, I calculate. For Chinuri, you test the white one, it's 2.5%. It means that from 100 bottles of degradage, you are losing some two or three bottles. For Saperavi, 40 bottles. For Tapveri, 15 bottles. It depends also on variety of the grape for me. It's not so small list that you can uh, fill it in the top and then you are getting in a uh, good level. You must, we are adding from the same another bottle and top it by hand. All right, so the last wine that we're uh, tasting that was poured is Manel's Clo Lenticus Gentleman Sumal Extreme 2012. So this is the Petnet you're drinking that has bottle age. Um, so tell me a little about this uh, Petnet. Well, this one was our uh, one of the old, old uh, vineyards because all of my wines, it's made for only one vineyard. And was one of the first harvests we, we, we did the, the pet nut. And we decided to age a little bit more uh, to know what happens. And we, have, we are very, very happy to know uh, if you age and a pet nut is like a method de champenois. The same leaves are working and taking care about the wine at the moment you decide to degorge. And his example, not only the pet nuts must be young drinks, you can pet nuts very, very old and more. Okay, so are you gonna make more aged pet nuts? We, mean, are, we is... are aging minimum two years and a half. Okay, minimum. okay. Um, any other questions? May Anybody? I tell you something? What I'm Please. doing with the pet nut lease, I'm, I'm also for fun, I'm brewing beer from the old uh, variety of the barley in my place, and I use the uh, lees of the pet nut as a yeast for the beer. And the beer is coming very, very non-standard, although it's, 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 it goes to pet nut, but it's not pet nut, it's not a beer, you know, and people are drinking, and what is this? <laughs> wow, wow. So that lees yeast has that much yeah, the pet effect nut, on the, the character. Pet nut yeasts are doing their job there, and the yeasts are doing always job everywhere. In the wine, aromas are yeasts. yeasts are very That's important. interesting. Is the, have you made any yet, or you're in the process of making? Yeah, I'm it, It's available? It's available slowly. Yeah, it will be here okay. in your market. Uh, yeah, that's, I would figure that. Um, lastly, what makes a pet nut so drinkable and enjoyable? And enjoyable. Would you? Is it fair to say low alcohol? You know, makes it drinkable. I mean, pet nats are low alcohol compared to um, a lot of wines. Do you agree? It's, it's like a soft drink. Is a uh, in summertime. Soft drink. Yeah. Okay. Deborah. Well, I have to say, sorry, but it kind of like is like what makes it fun to look at a cloud. I mean, just is. It's delicious. So okay. Okay, um, pet nets do have less bubbles than other sparkling wines. Is that fair to say? No. Why? It no. doesn't have to. Doesn't have it to doesn't, be. but no. generally? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but yeah. it doesn't have to be. Okay. We can make as many bubbles as we want at our own risk. Okay. As he was explaining it, it can be explosive, but it depends on what the residual sugar is when you put your closure on. Right. 
You must work then with the companies on and the cloud or, or everything, you know, and <laughs> be sure that you will live next morning. Huh? Now, what if, finally, what about complexity and depth? How do you control the complexity and depth of your... Complexity and depth, what you mean? The, how complex you can make the wine, the depth. Is that the grape? Is that the winemaking? Is that the cellar? Is that... Yeah, of course, you need the cellar. You need the very cool place, you need the tunnel, you need the good vineyard, you need the good variety of the grape, good acidity. I guess the question is how much of that is in the winemaking, in the cellar, when you make the wine? How, how, how do you affect the wine in the cellar? There's no intervention, right? Yeah, no, nothing. No, but you need a cool place to, to work, cold place to work. Clean. Yes, clean. So with pet nets, like anything, but the you environment... you need to say much for another wine, I and think. And it's also what you start with, the grapes that you start with. Well, as always, huge. yes. Yeah. Okay. So. For pet nets, it's more easy to keep them aromatic because they are very quickly closed. Oxygen doesn't go inside and doesn't damage your... When you have a wines, for example, me in a clay barrels, you know, right, there's air. you must take a lot of care of it, you know, and it's not so easy because yeasts are working there. When the pressure in the pet nut bottle will go more than six uh, atmosphere, yeasts are dying. And then nothing will happen in your wine. You are more secure. It's easy. Got it. Um, any other questions? Any other questions about pet nut? Here's your last shot to talk to the experts. Okay. All right. We're going to wrap everything up. Thank you, everybody, for uh, attending. I want to thank Becca Gozadze from Goza Winery in Georgia. I want to thank Manella Vino from Clos Lenticus. Clos Lenticus is in Spain. Where exactly? Penedes or? It's Penedes. Penedes. Okay. And Deborah Birmingham and Kim Engel from Bloomer Creek in the Finger Lakes in Hester? Hester. Hester. I got it close. Thank you guys for joining us, and thank you, everybody, for coming in.